Welcome, friend, to the trifecta of joy. What is the trifecta? Awareness, befriending your inner critic, and raising your vibe. This podcast is about you, your life, your adventure, and how to live it juicy. Our podcast is brought to you by Perfectly Imperfect Life Coaching. Download your free joy guide at www.freejoybook.com. A gift from us to you. Again, www.freejoybook.com. I'm your host, Tanya Gill. But really, we're in this together. Connected, sharing, and adventuring through life. So let's do it with joy. Oh, friends, welcome to the trifecta of joy. I am so thrilled to share our guest with you. Kat Mullen is a self-awareness coach and communication expert with over 20 years in the personal development industry. Her passion is to serve others as a holistic health practitioner, a certified massage therapist, Reiki master practitioner, master NLP breakthrough coach, master practitioner of timeline therapy, and a published author. Kat, I'm so glad you're here. I am so excited, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Okay, we have to talk about this book, Raising Badass Humans. That's my goal. (laughs) That's your goal. And that is the title of your book. And like, and and I have to admit that I have been fortunate enough to see your manuscript because it hasn't been published yet. By the time this airs, it will be published, but it hasn't been published yet. And, and I have to, I have to say that what I love, there's so many things I love, but what I love is how authentic you are about your own challenges as a parent. And yet, you talk about what it means to be a badass human. Badass means brave, authentic, decisive, accepting, strong, and supportive. That's badass. Human is honest, unstoppable, mindful, accountable, and non-judgmental. And, and you go on to say a badass human is a person who lives their truth, not society's truth, not their family's truth, not their friend's truth, not an organization's truth, their truth. 100%. And that is not an easy thing to do in this world. (laughs) That is not an easy thing to do in this world. It really isn't. So I've got to ask, like, what was this pivotal moment in your life that made you decide that your job was not just to raise badass humans, but also help others raise badass humans? So a few years ago, my husband and I were going through some very toxic patterns and I saw the damage it was doing to my kids. And that just wasn't acceptable. Like I knew I grew up not in the best environment. It wasn't horrible. I had a good childhood, but there definitely were things about it that did not allow me to live my truth. And I always said my main goal was for my kids to be comfortable in their skin because I wasn't. And then we had kids and I saw how hard it is to actually raise them to be comfortable if I'm still not. And my husband and I were just, we were really struggling, both of us separately with our own patterns that were handed down to us. And then together, 
clashing big time. And I saw my kids starting to become depressed, people pleasers, anxious. And I was just like, this is not acceptable at all. And my husband and I actually had to separate so that I could start working on myself. And he did as well. But the very pivotal moment was the night we separated, where I just said, this is enough. The kids can't witness us fighting anymore in this toxic way. They had witnessed sometimes, you know, we were able to quote unquote fight in a very healthy way and see us come together and work everything out. But it had just been getting more and more toxic. And so I left with the kids and I said, this is it. I'm starting my healing journey and I'm doing this for the kids and for myself. That is what had to happen. And that is fine because we, we grew so much in that time, all of us. And I started to see what I needed to do, how I needed to be self-aware and take accountability for my part in things, not just blame him for everything and be present with my kids. That was the biggest thing, connecting with them on a personal level. Honoring their experience of what was happening. Exactly. And just letting them know they each mattered individually. Wow. So as you moved through these challenges, what inspired you to decide to write a book about raising badass humans? Um, it started with, well, I've always wanted to write a book. I just always have. But I had all that self-doubt. I'm not a good enough writer. I'm, you know, who wants to hear my message? Who am I? <laughs> um, first, I started a Facebook group called Date Your Kids, which oh. is still active, but it's it's not my main focus any, anymore. It is still an active Facebook group. But that was the first thing I did was start that group to encourage other parents to to be fully present with their kids, to take their kids on dates just one-on-one, -on -one. especially when you have multiple kids, it's so important because you don't ever at home get that alone time. Mm -hmm. So I had committed to once a month taking each kid on a separate date, spending a few hours with them, doing what they wanted to do so they knew I valued what they were interested in. And I wanted to encourage other parents to do that. And then I started just sharing like stories of emotional challenges we were having and inspirational memes and stuff like that and just my way of parenting and somebody actually said you really should write a book on all of this and I was like gosh I would love to and it took until this year where I finally said you know what I'm doing it good for you I'm getting this out there for everyone good for you and you know the thing about it is is parenting is complicated it is complex it is no kid is born identical even identical twins like I mean my bonus kids are identical twins but they are very different human beings mm -hmm. right and so every kid is unique and god knows they certainly do not come with a manual okay. in how to raise them right sure. and so you know like I think so many of us are worried about our kids we're worried about how they're interacting with their world, what they're learning about themselves. And I think we also worry that we are handing down some of our own stuff, if you will, onto them. And, and that is, 
I think for some of us, it scares us. And I think others of us, we are like, hey, this is an awareness that I need to be intentional in how I parent. And, you know, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I have read so many parenting books over the years because I really, it's important to me to be the best parent I can be. And I also know that I'm so perfectly imperfect, right? And, and being able to say, you know, I really, I don't, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. And I want my kids to be badass humans who own their truth, right? And that's what's so beautiful about your book. Like what is so beautiful about it is the way that you describe, and I I just, I have to just get to this. I, I love the way you describe with vulnerability, some of the interactions you've had with your own kids, where your kids have said, mom, could you please not yell at me in front of my friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, that brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was a pivotal moment for sure. Because, you know, we're all human. None of us are perfect. But that was one of the patterns that was handed down to me was I come from a long line of screamers. And I swore to God, if I ever got the chance to be a parent, because we struggled to become parents, that I would never, ever raise my voice to my child. But you don't know how deeply ingrained it is until you're in the situation. And having children triggered all of that for me. And all my anger that I thought I had gotten over, but I had really just shoved down because I didn't actually work on it. I just kind of ran away from it all started coming back up and I was screaming horribly at my poor little kids. And when she said that to me, I just stopped in my tracks and was like, what the F? Like, oh my God. Like I didn't scream at them in public, but at home I did. Way too often, obviously not all the time, but enough that I knew it was an issue and a problem that I had to work on. And when she said that, it was just a light bulb moment of, wow, this is really affecting her. She's embarrassed. She's ashamed. I have to figure out how to stop this. You have to figure out how to stop this. And, you know, owning those, those feelings of recognizing that this stuff has come up for you. This is where you're at. This is the moment of parenting where you're like, oh dear, this is, I'm, I am repeating patterns that I swore I wouldn't. And I have to find a path forward. So what would you say? What would you offer to a parent? How would you, how would you invite a parent to move through that experience for themselves? Yeah best thing I did for myself because I was reading tons of parenting books too and they would help temporarily and the the biggest thing I did for myself was to hire life coaches and to get to my issues at the subconscious level and break those patterns there because we don't realize how deep they go and just it helped to have friends to talk to who were like, oh my gosh, I lost it on my kids today and I feel horrible. That always helped to know I wasn't alone. 
Mm. But instead, really did the inner work to break these patterns at the subconscious level and to learn to love myself, to Mm. learn to understand that it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay that I've messed up and I can love myself and respect myself and move forward. And I tell my kids all the time, look, I'm human. I'm not perfect. Perfection is a lie. Give me grace. I'll give you grace. We're all going to make mistakes and we're going to get through it together. And we're going to get through it together. And we're going to get through it together. Kat, how old are your kiddos? They are 12, 9, and almost 7. So you, so you've got, you've got a range of kiddos and, and you're really, you know, at this point you're moving into the teenage years and, and so there's going to be more things coming. And I know that, you know, (laughs) when I was reading your book, it's broken down into four sections, right? The first section you've already talked a little bit about is like quality time. We've also talked about embracing those emotions a little bit. But one of the things that I loved was what you said about labels. Let's talk a little bit about saying no to labels. Okay. Labels are huge. People just don't even know they're doing it. Like it's just such a subconscious thing because we've grown up just constantly giving people labels. And what parents have to really think about is kids are always evolving. They're always changing. And to allow them to go through these different experiences in life without labeling them, without saying, oh, you're shy, you're a brat, you're bad at math, whatever it is, like you're a bad student. When you label these kids, it puts them in a box and they're not allowed to fully reach their full potential because they believe what you tell them about themselves. Oh my God. 100%. Well, and here's the thing, like, you know, in the work that I do and in the trifecta of joy, I talk about the inner critic, right? And the inner critic is, is, is trying to serve you stew from your childhood. And it's those labels that we're talking about. So we know that some of our own limiting beliefs are from labels that were applied to us. However many years ago. So so we need to be mindful of the labels that we are putting on our kids and how that will impact their box now and in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I believed everything that was told to me and I'm not that person. It's just, it's wild how ingrained it gets in them. And like you said, it becomes their inner critic. It's how they judge themselves. It's how the outside world's going to judge them. And it's not fair because they're not that person. A child is not their behavior. You know, and that is such an important statement. Um, One of the things, of course, in the social work world that I come from is, you know, we talk about children and behaviors and, and unfortunately, a lot of kids come with labels because of their experiences, because of their differing abilities and those kinds of things. But then we are also throwing other labels on top. And again, that is, that is not who the child is. 
right? That is not who the child is. And so what you're describing is that, you know, like they, they are not defined by their experiences. They are defined by their being. Exactly. Wow. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's hard to not label them because that's what you're used to. And I caught myself doing it, calling one of my daughters shy and then reinforcing that. And she got shyer until I realized, wait a second, what am I doing to this poor kid? You know, and then started asking her, like, do you want to say hi? Do you you want to place your order at the restaurant? Do you, you know, like, instead of just assuming, oh, she's shy, I'll do it for her. And then she was able to start blossoming. That invitation into that space for herself, eh? Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So I've got to ask, as this book is getting ready to be published, what was the hardest part for you in writing it? Well, the hardest part for me was living it as I write it, to stay true to everything I was writing and be present with my kids. Because I was so into the book and wanting to, you know, write it and get it out there. And then they, I homeschool, so they're home all the time with me. And they'd come in and be like, hey, I need this. And I'm like, not now. And then I'd be write, writing a section of the book and go, oh, yeah, I just totally told my kid to go away. Okay, pause book. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, what did you need? I'm sorry. But it was it was really hard to... <laughs> to do that like I missed some of the monthly dates because I just was not able that month to do both and it was really important to get this out and of course I talked to them about that and they understood and we've been doing the monthly dates for years and if we miss a month here and there it happens some months are busier than others but we do our best to do it every month but yeah it it was hard And what I hear is that you are communicating differently about it too, right? Like recognizing that it's still important and that it will happen. But right now we've got to shift some priorities in the interim. And this is what it looks like. That's why, and that's what I call harmony, right? Identifying where that energy needs to go and being able to communicate along the way is the harmony, right? Because when we try to have balance, which I bullshit, it doesn't work. Your harmony description is beautiful. And I laughed at the balance is bullshit because yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's true. It's hard to balance all aspects of life at once. It is. It is. And we think balance is like something we should be striving for, but in reality, it's about a shift in priorities and flow in order to create harmony. That's what I say. And and so what you did though. I love that. What you've done, though, is you've modeled that with your kids, right? So that is the element of role modeling that that you offer. And what I love about this book is it gives your readers, me as a parent, reminders of the importance of the awareness of my parenting and who I am as a parent and how I can positively affect the future of my own humans as they grow into adulthood. That's beautiful. Thank you. It is. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. I have to ask though. I have to mm-hmm. ask. 
Why did you decide to name it Raising Badass Humans? Badass became our family word. We, it started five years ago now. I started bringing my kids hiking. Um, my husband had a job in San Diego where we lived. And we were in the process of moving to Las Vegas. So me and the kids moved to Las Vegas when the house was ready. But my husband had to finish his job for five months more in San Diego. And so I was alone with the kids for the first time all the time. And my favorite thing to do was hike, but I hadn't really been bringing them to do it. And I was like, well, we live right next to Mount Charleston. It's a gorgeous mountain. Like, that's where we're spending our days. It's like 25 degrees cooler up there compared to Vegas. <laughs> so we would go there a lot. And I was so impressed. At the time, they were only seven, four, and one and a half. Oh, and wow. They were badass hikers. Like they would be encouraging me, come on, mom, we're going to make it to the waterfall. Don't give up. And I'm like, where did these kids come from? It's amazing. And I just started calling them. I just started saying, wow, you guys are badass. And that kind of stuck and became like our motto to be badass. And yeah, we just kind of ran with it. It became our family word. We called ourselves the badass hiking family. And then it just kept modeling and then I started thinking what does badass mean to me and it meant somebody lives in their truth and that's who I want my kids to be so I was like all right I'm gonna raise badass humans and then when it came time to write the book I struggled with it because I knew it would keep me out of certain areas that I wouldn't be accepted in right and then some people think badass is a bad word bad word or it means you know that the kid that they're bad people or something like that. But to me, my meaning of it and my definition is somebody who stands in their truth. And that's what I want my kids to be. And I realized it would attract the right people to me. People who want to raise badass humans, right? Exactly. People who want to raise badass humans. Okay, now I want to go back to Badass, because badass does stand for brave, authentic, decisive, accepting, strong, and supportive. Of those words, which one do you think is the most important? Authentic. Authentic. To your authentic self. Let's just sit with that for a second, because authenticity, I mean, I could cry. I, I agree. So Kat, yeah. why, why is authenticity so important to you? Because I grew up not being able to be myself. I was told how to feel, how to think, what to do. I'm the youngest of seven kids. And my mom was a single mom for most of it. And it was not easy on her. So she had to work a lot of jobs. She wasn't around a lot. And my older siblings had to step up and they weren't in a mental mind space to do that. And so I was just constantly told who I should be, how I should feel, what to think, and told my opinions were wrong. And I didn't realize that opinions can't be wrong. <laughs> you know, I was very much talked to like, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Wow. And I just 
I really lost 100% lost sight of who I was. By the time I was ready to start dating, I just took on my boyfriend's personality. Oh, he likes that. Then I like that. And looking back at it, there's so many things about him. I disagree with that. I'm like, how could I even for a second think that was true to me? But I was so convinced that I just had to be somebody else so that I could belong and fit in and be loved. And so now as you experience life as your authentic self, I hear that it is so important that your kids have the opportunity to be their authentic selves always. It is the most important thing to me as a parent. My kids need to know they have a voice because I didn't have one. And as you can tell, it brings me to tears even thinking about it, but it is 100%. And of course, there's a battle there because I still have to be the parent and I still, my ego gets in the way sometimes. But when I can stop and I can breathe and I remind myself, they have a right to disagree with me. They have a voice. They get to have their own opinions and teach them that everybody else gets their own opinion too. It's, it's, it's the okay big... to disagree, right? It yes. is okay to disagree. 100%. So Kat, I, I, I love this book. I love what you are putting out into the world. How can people find out more about you, the work you're doing, and get your book? They can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, I am Coach Kat Mullen. On Facebook, I have a Facebook page called Kat Mullen, Self-Awareness Coach and Communication Expert that they can like and follow. And I will be putting the links out to the book as soon as it's ready. Beautiful. Beautiful. So everyone can stay tuned for the link for the book. And yes. hopefully by the time this airs, we will have the link to put in the show notes. That would be so amazing. Yes, definitely. I will give it to you as soon as I have it. Thank you, love. Okay. One last thing. Yes. As our listeners are getting ready to close out this podcast, what is one piece of advice you would give to a parent who worries about how they are parenting their kiddos? The best piece of advice I can give is to look inward, to be your child's best example by working on yourself first, by allowing your own emotions and letting them see that you have emotions and that's okay. Let them see that you get angry and sad. Because so many parents think they have to be strong for their kids and always be fine. And kids know when you're not fine. So tell them, yeah, I'm sad today and that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing it. I'm failing it and I'm going to get through it. Let them see that. And let them know that you're constantly working on you to be a better person, a better version of yourself at all times. Be that model for them thank you for listening my friend we are deeply grateful you chose to be here i trust that this has invited you even if in some small way to deepen your awareness befriend your inner critic and raise your vibration please follow us leave a review and share this podcast with a friend if you have any ideas or feedback please reach out from the bottom of my heart thank you 
you are loved.